0: Star Wars 7x7 episode 842. Today it's a Clone Wars briefing. We're looking at Sphere of Influence. This is season 3, episode 4 of the Clone Wars series, in which George Lucas' character from Revenge of the Sith turns out to be quite the bad mamma jamma. Punch it, Chewie. Hey, I'm Anthony Bresnikan, covering the Star Wars Galaxy for Entertainment Weekly, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, And Sphere of Influence is another example of how the Trade Federation just doesn't seem to get that blockades aren't going to work for them, at least not in this particular era of galactic history. I don't know, maybe there are other blockades they're imposing across the galaxy that are working for them, but so far anyone we've seen pretty much isn't helping. This time they're blockading Pantora, and supposedly it's because the Pantorans have debts that they have to pay, but really it's about the fact that They are trying to get the Pantorans to join the Separatist Alliance, trying to force them into it. Count Dooku is behind all this. And one of the things that popped up from an earlier episode that I didn't mention but is worth mentioning here because it comes up again is that Newt Gunray of the Trade Federation is being portrayed as an extremist within the Trade Federation whose views do not represent the Trade Federation. He's being depicted as going rogue. Or at least that's what all the Trade Federation people are saying when, of course, secretly they're in on it. So I thought that was a really interesting twist to say. No, Gunray is an extremist. He doesn't represent the views of the Trade Federation. Like, (laughs) does anybody even believe that at this point? I mean, yeah, I know. We all know what the story is, and so maybe it's harder for us to believe it. But uh, sometimes you look at all these characters and you go, come on, figure this out, folks. Figure it out. Anyway... If you don't recall that Lucas was in Revenge of the Sith, then I will give you the quick refresher. He's in a comparatively blink-and-you'll-miss-it scene where you can see him walking up the steps to the opera house where Anakin meets with Palpatine. Of course, you can't really quite tell it's him because he's in... Full Pantoran makeup and garb, so he's well disguised, but if you check out the episode and then, you know, the character on the Clone Wars looks very similar to the character that you see in Revenge of the Sith, so you'll be able to pick him out of the crowd pretty easily if you haven't looked for him before. And his daughters get kidnapped by the Separatists in an effort to, you know, push this whole trade federation, get Pantorans to join the Separatists' idea forward. And the Lieutenant Tan Devo, who showed up in Senate murders last year, who sort of reminded me a bit of Edward G. Robinson, basically, (laughs) and is voiced by the guy who does SpongeBob SquarePants, he shows up again, and unfortunately he is just about as helpful as he was last time, which is to say, not very much. Because they entirely miss the fact that one of the daughters slugged one of the bounty hunter kidnappers on the head with a little religious totem. And somehow they're able to tap into a criminal database, <laughs> Papanoia is, and his son Ion, who's with him, who's also voiced by Seth Green, of all people. Anyway, they're able to tap into some database of known criminals, interestingly enough, and they find out it's Greedo. Greedo is the one who kidnapped the daughters. Wow. Now, that is kind of interesting because you get to see Greedo in action in the episode, and he is every bit the loser that he is in the original Star Wars movie. He talks a big talk, especially when he thinks he's got the drop on his victims, but when the tables get turned on him, oh no, he's a little coward. He's like... I did it. I did it. I'll take it to the daughter. You know, it's not good. Not good, Greedo. Sorry. It's no wonder Han Solo cooked his bacon, quite honestly. Anyway... This takedown of Greedo happens in Jabba's palace, of all places, because, of course, that's where Papanoida and his son go to look for Greedo. Makes sense, right? And they end up having to have an audience with Jabba about what's going on, because, you know, if Jabba had something to do with it, then, you know, oh boy, all heck's gonna break loose, but if Jabba didn't, then Jabba can apparently mitigate the situation because somehow Papanoida has a relationship with Jabba like they're actually friends somehow that was rather a surprise and you know you don't really expect somebody whose character was played by George Lucas certainly to be on that side of the scoundrels or at least you know willing to call them friends and Jabba for his part seems a little bit more distracted by the situation because he's playing with Stinky! Do you remember Stinky from the Clone Wars movie? Yeah, Stinky hasn't done much growing in the past couple of years, somehow. He's still a little hutlet. But apparently, Java has paternal instincts that Papanoida can play to, and ultimately, Greedo has to take Papanoida and his son to the place where the daughter is being held, and that turns out to be a certain infamous cantina, or at least it sure looks like that, although Wikipedia seems to be confused on the subject, and is saying that there need to be updates. So maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I'm not quite positive, but it sure looks like the infamous Mos Eisley Cantina from the original Star Wars movie, where a huge shootout happens because Greedo again thinks he's got the numbers on his side, but it turns out that Papanoida can really throw down. And once his kidnapped daughter gets a blaster in her hand, well, it's game over for all of these kidnappers. With the exception of Greedo, who, like the coward he is, sneaks out the back door instead of getting engaged in the battle and lives to get fried another day. Meanwhile, the Pantoran senator goes to look for the other daughter who's been kidnapped, along with her friend Ahsoka Tano, and Ahsoka wants the Jedi to get involved, but Anakin says, nope, sorry, we can't get involved in this one, but if you want to go on personal leave, you can go investigate, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because the senator's a friend of yours, and so, yeah, these Jedi rules, like, you know, they get around them all the time. So Ahsoka and Senator Chuchi go to the Trade Federation, land on one of the blockade ships, supposedly to negotiate the end of the blockade, but really to sneak around and find the other sister, which they do, and they of course get caught in the process, and Ahsoka has to slay a bunch of battle droids, but when the Trade Federation gets to drop on them with Trade Federation, Neimoidian guards, that is when everything stops, and they say, ha, you've been caught, and... It's not like they weren't going to kill him with the battle droids, so why didn't they decide to just kill him with the Neimoidian guards? I mean, if Ahsoka hadn't been on her game, the battle droids would have killed him. So why would they suddenly decide, oh, we're not going to kill him with the Neimoidian guards then? And I guess maybe that's why Ahsoka and Senator Chuchi and Papanoida's daughter stood down because Ahsoka could sense that they weren't going to try to kill them in that moment. I don't know, but... That struck me as weird, I don't know, maybe it was the fact that they realized that Ahsoka was a Jedi, not a servant to the senator. Yeah, I don't know, that left me a little bit confused and not quite sold. But, eh, what are you gonna do? Narrative drive kind of pushes it through, I guess. And that's how another Trade Federation blockade comes to a sad end for the Trade Federation. Sorry guys, just not working for you. And that is going to do it for Sphere of Influence and this Clone Wars briefing. I do, however, have a trivia question for you on the other side of the break, so stay tuned. Welcome back. I've got a trivia question for you, and I've got or so to cheer you on. May the Force be with us. Aw, oh, that was nice of her, wasn't it? Last time, back on Friday actually, I asked you what other item besides a compressor did Unkar Plutt have installed on the Falcon that made starting it difficult, and that is a fuel pump. Today's question, Han uses a line from the original Star Wars when he's calling back to Chewie while they're trying to escape the Aravana on the Millennium Falcon. What line of dialogue is lifted directly from the original Star Wars that Han uses? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you take a blind shot at a Sarlacc tentacle, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans, become a patron of the show at patreon.com sw7x7. It's not a little higher, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May of force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars And my We hope you love it.